Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. <whistles> oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <laughs> ole, ole, it's show time. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave. How is everybody doing? Well, a few weeks ago... I set forth an offer for you guys. I suggested you could email me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com and I would try to take on your questions and be a Disney dad and try to help you out with uh, some of your questions and some of the things that you may be wondering about the Walt Disney World Resort in particular. So I wanted to take some time today to kind of go over some of the questions I received and give you some answers and thoughts and feedback and kind of tell you some things. So uh, do keep those questions coming if you have more. I'm happy to try and answer them for you. The first question we have comes to us uh, about annual passes. It's almost time to renew my family's annual passes. We stayed at a Disney resort last time we were there and purchased a package which included theme park tickets for five days. It was cheaper to book than a room-only reservation. So the question is, can I apply the unused tickets to the renewal of our annual passes on our old room keys? And the answer to that question is yes, with a qualification. So what Disney does is they say, okay, they, they sell you the package. It's the, it's the room, it's the uh, tickets, and then sometimes it's the dining plan. And what they'll do, if you didn't use the tickets and they didn't expire, remember that typically tickets expire 14 days after first use, right? So in the event that you're staying on the property and you're buying this package, they would expire 14 days from the day you check in. So if you had a five-day pat, five-day ticket, uh, they would have expired from the uh, start, the clock would have started ticking the first day that you were there, and after that 14 days, they would have expired. But if you bought the no expiration, or you're within the 14 days, you can, in fact, apply some of that money to the annual pass. Now, how much of that money is really somewhat debatable. And the reason is because Disney uses a formula to figure out how much the tickets cost versus how much the room costs to give you a total package. And they'll use that same formula to give you the value of those tickets towards your annual passes. Your best bet is, if this happens to you, is to go to the ticket window while you're still there and go ahead and apply the money to your renewal uh, from your from the uh, five-day tickets to your annual pass for later that year. Now, if it's close to your renewal time, it's perfect. If it's not close, you can talk to the ticket agent about potentially holding that money uh, as sort of a uh, a down payment for your uh, for your tickets uh, for your ticket renewal. 
there is a way you can do that. You just have to ask the question and uh, talk with the cast member who's behind the counter, and they'll help you to work it out. But it is possible to do it, and uh, I think that's a really good question. Now, the other thing I learned uh, while I was there, and I, I guess I kind of knew this, uh, I had bought a uh, four-day pass for my son. And we went into the park uh, the first day, and the next day we decided, you know what, we're going to get him a seasonal pass instead. Uh, so we went back to the ticket window, and I talked to the lady there, and she was, the cast member was very nice, and she helped me figure out that the additional amount I would have to pay to get that ticket. And because I was still in that 14-day window of when I'd purchased the ticket, I could apply the entire amount of the ticket, even though he'd already used one day, to, uh, to actually apply uh, toward my uh, seasonal pass. And it was pretty cool. It worked out pretty well. So I actually spent a little bit more money, but on the whole, spent less so I can use the tickets at different times. So great question. Our next question comes to us and says, there are so many great cast members at Walt Disney World, and I wonder if you'd do anything to say thanks. I'm a big advocate of using our manners at all times, and being on, being on vacation is not an exception for me. I try to make sure I greet all, and thank all cast members at rides, counter service, etc. Is there anything special that I should do for cast members on my trip? My husband and I are going this December and want to know if there's anything else we should do to show our appreciation to cast members who make our trip even more magical. You know, that is a tremendously good question. And as a former cast member, one of the greatest kudos you can ever receive is just having someone th say thanks. You know, in a way, the job is still a job. You're there every day, you're working hard, you're working your eight or 10 hours a day, and you're, you know, you've got so, so few days off, it feels like, and you're working 24 hours a day. To have someone go out of their way and say something nice and say thank you, or just good morning, or good evening, or whatever it's gonna be, I think is just tremendously helpful. It really does pick up your spirits. And I always enjoyed hearing that from people. And I always tried to say it back to people as well. When I'd have a guest that would come in the park and they'd be talking to me about something, I'd, I'd always say, hey, have a very magical day or something. Just something to kind of get the conversation going. And, you know, it always wound up making my day because everybody around me is there to have a good time, right? That's the, that's the reality of it. There are very few people who are there who aren't having a good time or really have the wrong attitude about it. Pretty much everybody that's there is having a good time. And it's hard not to let that get to you because it feels good. You know, it just feels right to hear all these people having a good time and really uh, expressing it to you. So it's really nice when you can say thank you to the cast member. Now, I, I never received one, but I know other cast members who have, and I've heard about it more recently, that a lot of people carry around like thank you cards um, with them, a lot of guests who are regulars to the park. And they'll hand them out to cast members who did something special for them. They'll just walk around and hand them a little card and say, hey, thanks. You know, and it's a little card that says, you know, you're doing a terrific job or something like that. It's a, you know, it's your basic attaboy, but it's really nice. And there are several of them available online. You can find variations of them. It's a, they call it a cast member appreciation card. And if you Google it, you can find some uh, examples of it. But I think that's a really neat idea. Uh, I, really, I really think that's neat. It kind of makes the cast member's day when you do that. The other things you can do, uh, you could always uh, stop by any guest relations and talk about the experience you had with a, uh, with a cast member. If you're in a park, just go to the guest relations area and say, hey, I saw Dave over in the Emporium and he was great and here's what he did for me. And they'll, they'll give you a little uh, cast member evaluation form, a little uh, form that you can fill out and uh, you can actually say what you thought about the, uh, the cast member. Uh, you could also uh, stop by if you're at the hotel, uh, if you're at a hotel or a resort or one of the other places outside the parks, just stop by any, any other uh, place where the uh, cast members are and just talk to them and they'll give you directions on how to fill out the form. Of course, your other options, you could uh, send a letter, uh, actual snail mail to Walt Disney World, and you just send it to uh, Walt Disney World Guest Communications, Lake Buena Vista, Florida, 32830, 
and uh, it'll make its way to uh, the appropriate person and they'll get thanked appropriately. You can also do it online at the uh, Disney World site, disneyworld.disney.go.com slash contact. There's a drop down there that says my recent Walt Disney World visit question and comments. And you can put in there some uh, feedback for a, a specific cast member and say something about them. Um, and then, of course, you could always send an email to www.guest.communications at disneyworld.com, and that should also get an email to them. It's a really nice way to very quickly and easily say thank you. And, of course, just saying thank you on the spot is really effective because then that cast member gets it right away. What happens on the back end when those uh, requests go in? A letter comes back or an email comes in, and it gets sorted to the appropriate location. Even when you stop by guest relations, it gets sorted to the appropriate location, and it goes to your supervisor. Your supervisor will uh, come by and thank you for getting a thank you. And they'll uh, give you the, the pat on the back and sometimes they have a little tchotchke for you or something um, to really say thanks for, uh, for stepping above and beyond for the, for the guests. And I gotta tell you, it's fun to step, up, step above and beyond. It's nice to get the kudos, but it's really just fun to just do it. And uh, as far as uh, that, the other thing goes, there's also a, an internal communication, a little newsletter that goes out weekly for the cast members. And they select uh, several people who have been accommodated during the, during the week um, in various means, whether it was through email or whether uh, through a snail mail or through one of these uh, uh, guest communication things that they do internally. They, uh, they actually uh, take some of those and they print them up and they'll say, David the Emporium helped so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And they, it's a nice little recognition so all the cast members in the entire property get a copy of this newsletter and they can see your name in print. And it's kind of nice and you get the little kudos for it as well. Um, and that's kind of a nice thing. It's, it's fun and uh, I really enjoy that. Um, so, you know, that's something you can do to thank cast members. And I always encourage you just to say thanks to cast members. For me, as a former cast member, one of my favorite things is to come up and do the secret handshake with the cast members. Yeah, I know there's not really a secret handshake, but it's fun just to kind of talk with them for a minute and go, Hey, I get you, man. I used to be here. I did this job. You know, I, I was a cast member at one point. And you understand what they're going through, the, uh, the quote-unquote pain of working some 24-hour days. And it's, you know, it's kind of a nice thing because they feel a little relief that, you know, there's camaraderie there. And it really is pretty cool. And, I, you know, I always like to do that. And I, I do say thank you as well. I always make a point of doing it. And for my kids, when something happens that a cast member goes above and beyond, I always make sure that they say thank you to the cast member. Next question. A friend of mine will be staying at the Walt Disney World Resort in a couple of weeks with their 12-year-old son. He'll turn 13 on the, uh, during the time that they're there at Walt Disney World. So the question is, is there anything that she can inquire about Disney that does anything special for anyone on their birthday? Is there anything that any of the theme parks that gets done for someone if the person is on their birthday? And also, do any theme park restaurants do anything special if, if she tells them when she arrives? And the answer to all of those questions is yes. Uh, what you want to do? When you uh, make your reservations, make sure that the reservation person the, at the central reservations office knows that you have a birthday coming up and uh, which day it's on. The cast members at the hotel will make sure that they do something special for the birthday. Also, when you get to the park, make sure you register up at uh, Guest Relations to say it's your birthday. And they'll give you the pin to carry around and you wear, wear the pin and it says it's my birthday. And you would be surprised at how many people will stop you and say, hey, happy birthday. And it's amazing, too, what other things will happen, what little surprises await you when you go different places. So you're wearing the birthday pin, and you walk in somewhere, and somebody says, hey, I have a call for you, and they hand you the phone, and there's Goofy saying, hey, here's your birthday. And it's just, it's fun. It's something that's really quirky and fun and just a really good time. So make sure you do that. And if you do have a sit-down dining reservation, if you're wearing that pin and they see it, 
they will come out and sing happy birthday and bring you a little cupcake or something equivalent uh, to make your birthday special. So it's always fun and absolutely worthwhile making sure that they know it's your birthday. It's uh, something that's really kind of fun. And uh, it is kind of special having a birthday at Walt Disney World, I have to say. The next question I got was, I've always wondered when the parks close and clean up the ride uh, and the ride check goes on, does, do rides like Space Mountain and all the other roller coaster rides have the lights come on and the cast members walk around the floor and pick up what's fallen off and what people have dropped? And what do they do with all the stuff they find? Well, good question. It's true of the rides. It's true of the shows. It's true of the stores. It's true everywhere in the, uh, in the parks. It's the same basic criteria. Periodically, you do sweeps and you, uh, you go and you pick up anything that's been dropped and you, uh, you'll go and get it and take it back. Uh, and you'll take it back to a holding location. So if somebody comes back in the next, say, hour or so, you can give it back to them right then. Once that hour or so has passed, you're going to collect all that stuff and you're going to take it over to the main lost and found at Guest Relations. And that's where you're going to store all that stuff. And so what you want to do is uh, you're going to take it all over there. So if you happen to lose something and you notice it a little later in the day, just go to Guest Relations and, and ask. And they'll pull out the lost and found box and go through it and look for what's yours. Uh, if they don't have it there, you can always check back later. Or you can go ahead and fill out a little request and describe what it was, um, explain what it was in, in this form. And when they do find it, they'll call you and ask you what you want to do with it. Uh, if you happen to be, still be in the park, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll uh, give it back to you. you know, they'll, they'll just ask you to stop by and pick it up. If you happen to have gone home, there are occasions when they will actually mail it to you. This happened to me, oh, probably about two decades ago. Uh, I dropped a uh, jacket and I didn't realize I dropped the jacket. My name was in it and uh, it was, you know, one of those days when it started off cold and warmed up and I had left it somewhere like, I don't know, in one of the rides or shows and uh, turns out I went to guest relations and they didn't have it and about six weeks later in the mail comes this package and my jacket is inside. It was really pretty cool. What a nice special surprise for me um, to get my jacket back like that. Uh, so there is always that, that way to do it. And they do walk around at the end of the night. They turn all the lights on, like in Space Mountain, and they walk around and they do the sweep. It's part of the cleanup uh, crew at the end of the night. They're going to go through and sweep everything off the floors and make sure that, it, that they've collected everything. I know a few times I found cameras in the Emporium and different things like that and uh, just take them over to guest relations and make sure that they make their way to Lost and Found, and hopefully somebody will come and claim them in the future. So that's really the way that works, and that's, uh, that's another good question. I really, yeah, that, that one's always fun to think about, because what do they do with all that stuff? And it does just sit there for a period of time, and at some point they, they try to cull through it, and um, I'm actually not sure what happens to it after that, you know, after it's been there for six or eight months, what they do with it. But uh, I was always amazed at the things you would see in Lost and Found, too. It was always kind of funny. The next question I had was, I'm a Walt Disney World regular, and plan to uh, go on vacation there again with my wife and my mother-in-law uh, in this February. And we've been planning the trip and are close to the point of making our dining reservations. The problem is we don't normally spend much time at Epcot. Uh, we're going to do that this trip and we want to spend some time there, uh, especially to see illuminations. Is there anything that you can point out to me that's more interesting at Epcot or something that shouldn't be missed uh, as you're walking along? And I've had the same question come up. My wife has asked the same question a few times. Epcot is kind of kind of special, but it's kind of strange. And here, here's what I mean by that. Epcot has uh, a number of different attractions and shows and exhibits and things that they do that are really kind of interesting. You can walk around and you can see the, the performers at each one of the, uh, at many of the, uh, the, land, the uh, countries that are there. Uh, you can meet people that come from those countries. You can talk to people uh, about different things. Um, but it has a certain sort of 
familiarity to it. You know, it's a sm relatively small world, ha ha ha, pun intended. And, you know, these are all countries that, as the world has gotten smaller, you were familiar with in some way. When it opened in 1982, to walk into the Japan Pavilion was really an interesting experience because you didn't know much about Japan. It was still the, you know, the Far East, and there was, you know, there was a lot of things there that you didn't know a whole lot about. Now, as you know, things have opened up, communication has opened up, you hear more from Japan, it has less mystery to it, and it has a little more reality to it. And so it doesn't have that same kind of feel to it. But yet, having been to Japan and having been to the Japan Pavilion, I kind of get the feeling like I'm in Japan when I walk around there, through the garden, through, the, uh, through some of the, the stores, the Mitsukoshi uh, um, uh, shop and so forth. I kind of get that feeling like I'm in Japan. So you get a sense of it, and you get a, a feel for what it's like to be in the country, very small feel. And look at the architecture, and look at the buildings, and spend some time kind of studying it and exploring just a little bit. Morocco's a great example. The, um, this, the legend goes that uh, Morocco's king sent uh, a number of his own tile workers to come and do some of the intricate tile work in some of the buildings. And whether that's true or not, the work is certainly intricate, and it's really kind of interesting. And you think about how long it took to put it together and what went into it. And why did they do it? You know, it, because it's part of the bigger show. It's part of showing off Morocco. It's part of showing off something more than just a country. And you can kind of take all that in and walk around and spend some time walking through each one of the pavilions and learning something about it. And learn something about the culture and, and what goes on there. Now, if you have kids, the fun thing is to do the kid cot, uh, fun stations to walk along and make the masks or the, uh, I think it's a mask or a rocking horse. And you can make either one and as you're walking along, They'll talk to you in each country, and they'll give you a stamp, and they'll talk to you about things. And um, sometimes, uh, if it's a foreign language uh, uh, country, they will go ahead and they'll write your name in another language, which is always kind of neat. You know, so you have some little memento, something different, and you really get a feel for that country to some degree. Now, the other things that I like, I still like going to the uh, Living with the Land uh, ride. I think it's pretty neat to see the way they've kind of uh, described up the uh, these different inventive techniques for growing in, uh, in smaller areas. I really enjoyed going on Soren. I think that's a really clever piece of technology. Think about the technology that's involved in it. Think about what it takes to put on something like that and how you really feel like you're, you're flying over these areas. Um, some of the rides and shows are a little dated. You know, the uh, Ellen's uh, Universe of Energy is a little, Ellen's Energy Adventure is a little dated in the, at this time, but it's still kind of interesting to, uh, to look at and kind of uh, explore how they're, they're thinking about um, how the Walt Disney Company was thinking about energy and how to how to put it together, and of course there's the uh, thrill rides of Mission Space and uh, Test Track that are kind of exciting and you know something different. Um, so that's kind of how I take Epcot, and I think what one of the things you should do is spend a few minutes and figure out one of the countries where you you either like the food and would like to eat at the country, or uh, finding a country whose food you've never eaten before and trying it out. Um, so maybe you uh, you go over and you try. Uh, you try one of the restaurants like Morocco, or you try the uh, Akershus in, um, in uh, Norway, or something. You know, just doing something different that you might not have done at other times. And the uh, follow-up question was, is there a back entrance to Epcot where you can go directly to the, uh, to the uh, World Showcase? And the answer is yes. There's an entrance over on the, uh, uh, it used to be called the International Gateway, uh, that's kind of between Canada and, uh, and the UK that allows you to go directly into World Showcase and you can get there from the boardwalk. So uh, you can do that. And then finally today, my last question, um, how can I eat vegan at Walt Disney World? Now this question actually came up from my sister-in-law. 
on our recent trip, my sister-in-law was with us, and uh, she's actually vegan. And what does vegan mean? Well, it's a vegetarian who doesn't eat any animal products. So you don't eat any eggs, eggs, milk, nothing like that, cheese, you know, none of those things. So you're only eating uh, grains, nuts, um, things like that, um, or fruits or vegetables, uh, and those are all good. So she asked me that question before we went. So I did my own little bit of research and figured out that uh, you know, there's a lot of resources on the internet that help you to point to things that are vegan or at least are vegetarian that you can turn to vegan if you want to. The caveat is there is a really interesting thing you can do. If you go to a sit-down restaurant, you can talk to the chef and you can actually have them specially prepare something for you that'll make your uh, dining experience memorable. And you can actually order something that's very vegetable-oriented or very fruit-oriented or something and make sure that it's totally vegan. They will work with you completely. But in our case, we weren't planning on a sit-down meal. So we were kind of left with the choices that are counter-service restaurants. And we were mainly in the Magic Kingdom. And the question becomes, how do you deal with the Magic Kingdom? Uh, you know the food choices that they have there. They're, every one of the food stations has something that's vegan. You just have to ask, and they will explain to you which one it is, and they'll take care of you that way. But what she found was that these were not as satisfying as some of the meals uh, that she would have outside the parks. She's very interested in eating a lot of fruits and vegetables, and these were a lot of things that were more grain-oriented or something like that that really um, weren't quite what she was looking for, maybe. But uh, they did kind of meet the need, and they did prove that you can eat vegan, or at least vegetarian, uh, in the uh, Walt Disney World Resort. Now, interesting, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a website out there that I wanted to point, it, point you to if you're looking for something like this. It's uh, called sayitsnotsoy.com. And if you uh, go to uh, the slash WDW underscore vegan, you can find a lot of information about uh, vegan uh, experiences and dining at Walt Disney World. Now, there was, a, uh, there was a letter that we got back from the uh, Walt Disney World Resort when we asked, how do we eat vegan, that I wanted to share with you. And it says, thank you for contacting the Walt Disney World Resort. We appreciate your interest in learning what accommodations are available in our theme park and park resorts for our vegetarian guests. Please know that vegetarian plates are available at many counter-service locations and at all full-service restaurants, even if they're not actually featured on the menus. Also, our chefs and restaurant managers are always happy to provide information regarding not only the ingredients of menu selections, but also how items are prepared. In many instances, food may be specially prepared to accommodate a particular dietary restriction. To make reservations for full-service dining up to 90 days in advance, please call 407-WDW-DINE. First, please know that the chefs and managers in all our full-service restaurants are always happy to provide information regarding not only the ingredients of menu selections, but also how items are prepared. In many instances, food may be specially prepared to accommodate a particular dietary restriction. It's also sometimes possible for our restaurants to prepare food items using special ingredients, like gluten-free flour, for example. For this reason, we encourage you to make your particular restriction known when, when booking your advanced dining reservations for any full-service restaurant, so that the appropriate notation may be made. We now have special dietary information on the DisneyWorld.com website uh, at a couple of links, and if you go to the DisneyWorld website and do the search, you will find those links. If you have specific inquiries regarding the food served at the parks uh, or restaurants, guests may contact our special dietary assistants at the following email address, specialdiets at DisneyWorld.com. We would also like to mention that as an exception to our standard policy, guests who have specific food allergies are welcome to bring in a cooler smaller than 24 inches in length by 15 inches width by 18 inches height, which mirrors the large locker size, into the park with snacks that require no cooking or reheating. Coolers will be inspected for glass or alcoholic beverages, which are not permitted. 
Picnic baskets, ice chests, and large coolers are also not permitted. If you have questions or need further assistance, feel free to contact us. Please include your full name, email address, and reservation numbers if applicable in all correspondence. So there you go. There's some help uh, if you're going into the parks and you're vegan or you happen to have some other dietary restriction that you want the uh, Walt Disney World Resort to accommodate. You can uh, take care of it that way. Well, that's the, uh, the questions I have for today, and I hope they provide a little help for you and maybe give you a little guidance in planning your next Walt Disney World vacation or answer some of the questions that you've had. As I said, please feel free to go ahead and send me additional questions to davesdisneyview at gmail.com, and I'll get back to the questions again another time. And that's my show for this week. I'm out. I'll see ya. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure. I'm heading for a little bit of fun now. He's hoping for a little more excitement. Time to be moving along. It's time to be moving along. Time to be moving along.